Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. All right, welcome into the program here. This, is, of course, is Red Sox Beat on CLNS Radio. And, of course, this episode of Red Sox Beat is brought to you by Casper, as always, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. Because everyone deserves great night's sleep. Get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com backslash Celtics and enter your promo code Celtics. It's a comfortable mattress that has just the right sink and bounce. A Casper mattress provides long-lasting comfort and support. It's a great mattress. I suggest it. Go on and check it out. Again, that's casper.com backslash Celtics. And enter your promo code Celtics to get $50 off a mattress purchase today. Um, I, of course, am always joined by Lauren Campbell, Jess Thomas. Not in order of importance by any means. I was about to say, shouldn't uh, I be first? <laughs> that's why I said that. I said just randomly spit out names. Honestly, I said her name first because at the Skype call that we have going on right now, she was the first one, so I just went with her um, because you kept dropping and being echoey, so I ignored it. Um, either way, we've got a great show. We've got some MLB headlines. A lot of stuff's happened in the last week, Red Sox and around the league. Uh, of course, we'll get your fantasy news caught up there. Uh, we'll talk about some Red Sox news, some news breaking today regarding your yours and mine favorite closer of the world. We'll get to him in a minute. Uh, but first, Jess, before we do anything else, do we have any re- reached results for the lovely fans of the show this week? We do. Not as many as I would like, but hey, players can't be choosers. So... Uh, I think I've asked two questions since the last show. Yes. Okay. So, my first one is something that we can answer. Uh, was how many runs do you think Henry Owens will give up in his first start? And that first start was on last Tuesday, a day after we did the show. And we got eight responses, which was great. Uh, five people said three to five runs. And that's what he did, right? I believe that's exactly yeah, what he three had. Runs. It was three runs, right? Or was it four? Hmm. I was three. I looked up his fancy numbers. I'm pretty sure. It's okay, three. I'm just gonna check just to make sure. Yep, it was three. Okay, so five people got it right. Uh, two people said zero to two. Me being one of them, just one off. And then uh, Adam said six to eight, which was horribly wrong. <laughs> but at least nobody said more than eight, so we're good there. So that was your first question, and the second question was non-Red Sox related, but Yankees related, and it was, do you think Alex Rodriguez is still on steroids? Only got five responses for that. wasn't one of the more popular questions. Uh, three, including Jared, said no, and two said yes, and that was me and Lauren. So uh, we think he's still juicing, and <laughs> never one else does. But here's here's my thought on, on the juice. Uh, 
he got around the biogenesis stuff so so impressively. It's it's, it's really unimpressive, but impressive in terms of what he was doing by avoiding all of the the tests and the urine samples and whatnot. So if he did that, then I I can't trust anything he does. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was still figuring out a way how to, to do them. See, I I say no because. If he's doing them, then David Ortiz is doing them, and I just can't admit that David Ortiz is on steroids right now, so I had to say no. Uh, I'm going yes, because basically Jess said everything for me, I and mean, he's gotten around it so many times, and I don't know, I just don't think he can still break all these records at that age and still have that kind of power after, and he's just such a proven liar. I just don't believe anything <laughs> that comes out of his mouth. Wait, yeah. He said, he he said that he did it in 2001 and 2003, and then, like, that was the end of it. And now you did the whole biogenesis thing. It's like, really? Do you, do you really think we're going to believe you now after you already admitted to it once and then said you didn't and it turns out you did? What a scumbag. I mean, he is a certified a-hole. I will agree with both of you there. I don't like the guy, but I do believe him on this case. But anyway, that is your Reach app questions of the week. Sports fans want to engage with your favorite CLNS personalities. Download the Reached app today for both the iPhone and Android. Are you a fan of the Celtics, Red Sox, Bruins, or Patriots? Make your voice heard. Join your favorite show, and our host will ask the questions, and maybe your answer will get heard on air. Download the Reached app today at www.reachedapp.com backslash CLNS. And just select which uh, group you want to register to, specifically ours, hint, hint, wink, wink, and we'll get, you'll get updates every time we ask questions on the uh, Reach tab. So go on and check it out, and then Jess will read your uh, results next week on the show. Good stuff there, Jess. Thank you again. Sure. Um, I think I'm going to ask one tonight, actually, so look for that. Cool. So stay, stay tuned for that. Um, all right, let's, let's go to MLB headlines there, because there actually have, has been some stuff, and then we'll kind of go from there. But first, a little Red Sox news and MLB headlines. Mike Napoli traded to the Texas Rangers this week, going back to the Texas Rangers. Uh, for Was it for cast considerations? I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it's to be named later. Okay, that's basically the same thing. Kind of a useless deal, but it gets Mike Napoli off the books for the most part. So Mike Napoli has been traded to the Rangers. Secondly, today, James Shields has cleared waivers, so he can now be dealt to any team, possibly the Red Sox. We can talk about that in a minute. Uh, the Blue Jays have dealt... Again, getting infielder Cliff Pennington from the Arizona Diamondbacks for Class A shortstop Dowell Lugo, I believe that's how you say his first name. Um, Bud Norris, the one and only, was finally DFA'd by the Baltimore Orioles this past week. Um, question for you out there listening, for you two, because we'll talk about it in a minute. Would you consider him for your Boston Red Sox? And finally, Jess just added this at the bottom of my list. Jose Fernandez out again, going to the DL. Jess, what is the injury? I think it was a tricep injury. That's what I think it is, too. Okay, we'll go with that, then. Bicep, sorry. <laughs> bicep? Right bicep strain, yeah. Right bicep strain, so he's going back to DL, according to reports. Um, and we can throw this one in, too, because you know what? We might as well go with it. Koji Uyara, the Red Sox closer, out for the season on the disabled list. We'll talk about that more later, though. Um, but those are your MLB headlines brought to you by Linda.com. Over 4,500 different courses taught by experts on any topic you can think of. Get your free trial today. Go to linda.com backslash CLNS. A lot of trades. After the trade deadline, uh, DFAing injuries. What do you guys think, first of all? We can talk about Mike Napoli more afterwards, but just Mike Napoli trade, good for this team, obviously? I think so, absolutely. Um, yeah, he needed kinda, to go a while happen. ago, so... Yeah, it's it's. I mean, everyone was shocked that it didn't happen before the trade deadline. So, because it, it was just a matter of time before it did happen, and sure enough, it happened. 
I'm glad they made it happen. Um, I think he'll do well in Texas. I think he loved it in Texas. And I think that he'll do well going back there, filling some holes there against lefties, a team that has a chance to make the playoffs. So it'll definitely help him there. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then James Shields clearing waiver. I, I still get so unclear on what waivers is exactly. Like, I guess, okay, so he can be traded. So he couldn't be traded any team before that? No, the thing, yeah, because the way it works is the trade deadline is simply just the non-waiver trade deadline. So you can trade anyone whenever you want. But if you want to trade someone now, you have to send them through waivers first. And if someone claims them off waivers, you have the right to pull them back. Like, so say the Red Sox wanted James Shields at the current contract that he's in now. They can pull him off the waivers, and then if the, if the Padres didn't want to just give him up, they can pull him back, and then they can work out a trade that way. But now, since he cleared waivers, you're able to trade him and work, work stuff out. Because if you just claimed him off the waivers, then the Red Sox wouldn't ha- like have the ability to pay his contract to help sweeten the deal type thing if they wanted him. Okay. But now like the money can change and stuff like that. So it, it benefits the Red Sox and possibly the Padres to trade him after getting through waivers. And he cleared waivers, so that's a possibility now. Do you think there's any chance he'd get traded, though? Yes. Okay. I don't think they want him anymore. I think he's part of the fire cell that is turning into the Padres. Um, some team contender will want him, I think. Um, if I was the Red Sox, I'd make the call and see what you can get, see what you'd have to give up, more or less, to see what you can get for him. Um, I would I'd still do it. I've been an advocate of James Shields since the beginning of the year, since before the beginning of the year. Um, I think he'd be great for the staff, and what can it hurt at this point? I saw a possibility of Shields for Sandoval, and that'd be hilarious. <laughs> I'd do it. I'd honestly do it. Well, yeah, Sandoval's he's... been so bad. And James Shields is old for... He's in his. He's thirty four, thirty five. So we know the Red Sox don't like pitchers over thirty. Yeah, I don't think it'll happen. It probably won't happen. And he's, right. he's, he's owed a lot of money. A lot. Yeah, of money. he's. It's it's a pretty big contract. You'd have to think if if someone does take that on, it's gonna get some of it's gonna be paid by the Padres for sure. Yeah, that's um, probably why they wouldn't. That's probably why he cleared because when if the team claimed him, wouldn't they have to take his entire salary? Yes, you can't. If if team claim him off waivers, then um, the Padres wouldn't have to be on the hook for any of his contract. But now that's probably going to be part of a deal if one exists. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want I'm that. I'm glad salary. you guys. I'm glad you guys understand this stuff. Because <laughs> <laughs> I sure don't. All right. So so both of you saying no on the James Shields front. Yes. That's fine. I'm still iffy on it. It has to be the right deal. I still won't really want to give up on Pablo Sandoval, but I guess I would do it if he was thrown in there. But. Um, Either way, also the Blue Jays making another trade, getting more, de- getting deeper and deeper at every position. Yeah, they just keep making deals to get better. They've only lost one game since they got Tulowitzki. I don't think they've lost any game since they got Price, so they are on fire right now. They're only a game and a half behind the Yankees. Eight straight wins. They're they're really going for it. And he can also play multiple positions, so that's just a solid pickup for them again. And they don't make the playoffs. I don't know. Something's terribly wrong with this team. But Cliff, Cliff Pennington is Brock Holt. Like, think of him that way. Yeah. Like, that's what they got him to be, is that. So, like, you put – basically, it's like throwing Brock Holt on the Baltimore – on the Toronto Blue Jays right now is basically what this was. And that's – you think about, as that point of view, that's huge. Yeah, he was a good player for the Athletics. I, I guess he was on the Diamondbacks at this point. But he was he was a pretty solid player. I think he had, like, pedestrian numbers and – could help a team. I'm looking at his numbers now. Um, yeah, he had a year where he had eight homers and 58 RBI, and that's nothing to shake a stick at. 
No, no, it, it's not bad. And you put him on that team, he's going to get some time to get some guys' days off. Um, in, a, in a playoff series, it would help as well. So um, definitely look out for them. I, short note, I think they're going to win this division after these moves. Sure looking like it. I, I, <laughs> I, I think the Yankees, look, we all thought the Yankees were going to come back to earth, but they would keep it because everyone else sucked. The Blue Jays went out to make sure they didn't suck, and that's what they're doing now. Is now, like you said, Jess, they've won eight in a row, and they're they're only what a game and a half. You yep. said behind the Yankees, that's crazy. The Yankees were what like eight games up at some point, think, like six games up I think at some point. They were six like, games up on uh, July twenty eighth, so they've they've almost erased the entire thing in like a week and a half. <laughs> yeah, which is insane. So that that shows you that the Blue Jays put together a solid team, and the Yankees are old. And look, they might make the playoffs, but they got to get together if the Yankees want to hold on to this division lead. No question yeah, about it. I'm, you know, I'm excited to see what they can do. I mean, they're, they've had terrible seasons, and now they have a good, solid lineup and even good pitching. So I'm interested to see what's going to happen. I think it's going to be a great finish, pennant, pennant race-wise. Not just the, I think the playoffs this year are going to be great, because you're going to see some, like the Blue Jays are gonna, probably going to get in. Uh, Pirates and Giants hopefully both get in somehow without beating each other in. Um, but I hope this playoff series is going to be are going to be great. The playoff push is going to be great. Last, but despite the Red Sox not being a good team, baseball is still doing well in terms of having good races to the end. So I think it's going to be good for the, the baseball baseball to have another division nice and close. Um, It'd be fun to see the Blue Jays in the playoffs too. I'm rooting for them. I am. I'm rooting for them this year. They're my team. Them and the Pittsburgh Pirates. Those two. Yeah, I'm rooting for them both. Yeah, we'll see what happens. That'd be a that'd be fun. That'd be fun. <laughs> McCutcheon in the World Series, plus everyone, Tulowitzki in the World Series again, uh, Joey Bats in the World Series for the first time. It'd be fun to watch, for sure. Um, I know my take on Bud Norris. I don't want him. But he's been a good at He's all. been a good pitcher, though. But, yeah, he's having a terrible year. 2-9 and nine with a 7.06 ERA. Yeah, I remember when he was with Houston, when they were still in the National League, though. And he was pretty damn good. And I remember he was sought after when the Orioles got him. And they, that was like a big win for them. When they, well, that was this last year? That was two years ago now. Um, yeah. They got him, and it was a big win. They were making a push to get to the playoffs. They didn't. But he was that big guy they got at the deadline. Now it's looking like crap. We got 15 wins last year. Why, what happened? Why did you get so bad? Oh, I don't know. But I just feel like, I mean, I would consider looking into it maybe, if you, especially if you want to replace Joe Kelly. Because um, it's better than Joe Kelly, I feel like. I, th- I honestly think he's better than Joe Kelly. But I still think he's a boob, and he's not that great, and he's not something to rely on. But I would consider it still. As much as I don't want him, I would. if I was Ben Sherrington, I would still look into it. He's actually a bud, not a boob. I think that's brave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know if you can go after a guy with a 70 RA. And I don't know if you can also say that he's better than Joe Kelly, but I guess... We can disagree on that. Joe Kelly did have a good start, start though, last week. But we'll get to that in your uh, recap. And finally, one more. Jose Fernandez, again, seriously, come on. It's stupid, too, because he was so effective when he actually did play, and now he's hurt again. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going on with this guy. Is this going to be turned to Strasburg, like, all over again? I'm wondering. <laughs> it's on that route, because he came back from Tommy John surgery um, this year, right? Yep. So, yeah, and he's on that path to be Steven Strasburg. He's only 23, starting early. <laughs> yep. It's not good. Well, Strasburg, how old was he when he had his Tommy John? Pretty young. Not much older than that, yeah. Yeah, he was right around there. So He's, he's still um, young, though. He's uh, 18, 25? like 27. Oh, he's 27? Yeah. He's got a 
be healthy, healthier for a whole year. He's so overrated. He's stop. Yeah, he really is. He was he was great when he was younger, but then he got the Tommy John and hasn't been the same since. Uh, but his mechanics haven't changed. That's the problem. I wonder if they're going to try to change Fernandez's mechanics at all, because it's got to be half the problem is they're not changing their mechanics when they're coming back off the DL, and it's not helping at all. And everyone um, can always say stuff like, oh, the guy's so incredible, why can't he stay healthy? It's like, well, staying healthy is part of the game. It's part, part of being <laughs> good, so if you're not... If you're not healthy, then you're really not good, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, no, it's um, it's definitely disappointing. But there you go. Those that's our rapid reaction to the MLB news. Some Red Sox news in there, of course, as well. Um, but before we get into some of the Red Sox topics, I want to talk about they all kind of relate to what happened this past week. So I'm going to let Jess get you caught up on the week. Jess, do you think it's the Red Sox recap? Alrighty. Well, it was an interesting week. Um, it was a three and three week, which was. Somewhat close to what we all said. I don't think any of us got it exactly right, but um, missed it by a game. Yeah, man. I think I said five and one, and you guys said four and two. So three and three, yeah. almost. But as, as I was thinking about earlier, it could have easily been five and one, which I'll tell you why right now. Um, the only loss that was actually a real loss was the first game of the series on Tuesday. Monday was an off day. On uh, Tuesday was Henry Owens' debut, and he looked pretty good. Unfortunately, the bullpen decided to probably pitch the worst they've pitched this year. I think I can pretty confidently say that. Uh, when Owens left the game, it was a 2-1 to one score in favor of the Red Sox. Yep. He had a good start. Yeah. He only gave up one run in the first and didn't give up a run for the next four innings. And the Sox got a 2-1 to one lead in the fifth inning. And then... Owens gave a couple base runners, and then he came out of the game. A couple inherited runners scored, which is why he gave up three runs. But still, after after six innings, it was only four to two Yankees. Pablo Sandoval had a home run in the seventh, and it was four three Yankees. And then, then something happened in the bottom of the ninth, and that something was a nine run inning for the New York Yankees off a combination of Gene Machi, Craig Breslow, and Alexia Gondo. Um, Highlights of that inning were a Brian McCann three-run homer and a Chris Young three-run homer. Young's was the big bopper that made it 13-3 to after it was already 10-3. to So about the worst worst inning you could possibly have. Um, the worst of it was Breslow, and he's been terrible this year. So it looks like Henry Owens lost the 13-3 to game, but really you can't blame him. He pitched five innings, five hits, three runs, had five Ks. Pretty solid. He was also facing Masahiro Tanaka, who's pretty good so I think he held his own but the bullpen didn't hold their own so it was a ugly start to the road trip but they came back on Wednesday and played a much better game and that was because Stephen Wright was dominant it was uh, Stephen Wright against another guy making his major league debut Luis Severino for the Yankees and while Severino was good he pitched five innings gave two hits two runs one earned and had seven strikeouts he was really good Unfortunately for the Yankees, Stephen Wright pitched eight innings, gave up four hits and one run, had nine strikeouts. This was the most dominant anyone has seen Stephen Wright to this point. I was going to say I, but he, no one, no one's seen him just be this good because he hasn't been. It was his best game ever. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, he was dominant. He was his knuckleball was dancing everywhere. So many strikeouts. When your knuckleball is getting nine strikeouts, that's that's something. So um, David Ortiz had a home run in that game. Alejandro Diaz had an RBI double. Only blemish off of right was the Carlos Beltran solo home run in the seventh. But that was it. Uh, no one else scored, and Koji shut down the ninth, and the Sox won the second game of the series, which was definitely good to see. Uh, which brought us into 
Thursday looking for a nice two out of three. And in all reality, it probably should have been. It was a really tough loss. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez pitched a great game. Seven innings, six hits, two runs. And he only gave up one run until the seventh inning. Unfortunately for the Sox, CC Sabathia shut him down. Uh, it was tied at one in seventh inning, and Jacoby Ellsbury had a home run off Rodriguez on a hanger. It was the worst pitch he's made of the game. He was dominant otherwise. He looked really good. Unfortunately for the Red Sox, they couldn't get that one more run against the Yankees, and they very well could have because against Dellen Batances, Hanley Ramirez got a hit and stole second, so they got second in the eighth, couldn't drive him in, and then the ninth, they got two guys on, courtesy of a hit and a walk against Andrew Miller, but also couldn't get that run in. It's two two maddening innings where they really could have could have gotten the run back and tied it up, which was disappointing because it was close for so long. But two things about that game: one, you don't score, you only you don't only give up two runs if you're Ed Rodriguez and expect to lose that game. That's completely on the offense. Especially because, like, when the, I know a lot of people, I saw a lot of people say with that game, oh, Jacoby hit a home run, Jacoby beat the Red Sox. No, the Red Sox beat the Red Sox yet again. Because your pitcher, who is damn good, and he's going to have a bright future here if the Red Sox don't screw him up, is giving up two runs against the Yankees, a team who's battling for a playoff spot, and you can't give him more than one run. Like, really? You don't lose those games. You shouldn't be losing those games. Well, yeah, to only give up two runs in Yankee Stadium in seven innings, that's impressive. It's a great start, and that's, that's, it blows my mind. So everyone who's blaming, oh, well, the Jacoby Elsberry beat the Red Sox. No, the Red Sox beat the Red Sox. Again. Yep, no offense. Especially off CeCe Sabathia. I mean, come on. He's, he, Who expected him to be that good? Like, well, yeah, he had a 4-8 record and a, over, uh, a mid-5 ERA. Okay, so it was it the, okay, Jess, or Lauren, was it the Red Sox making him look good, or was he actually that good? I think he was good. I think he was that good. Yeah, I thought he looked good. I mean, he was pretty dominant, and he was—he had several one, two, three innings. I—I I don't know why he was so good, but he definitely pitched better than he has been this year. But tough loss, really tough loss. I really wanted to win that game and take two out of three, just because two, like two two to one wins, would have been really good in that series. And the Red Sox can't seem to beat the Yankees more than one game in a series. This year, unfortunately. So they lost two out of three. Fortunately, they bounced back against Detroit on Friday night. Um, this was a really good game for all. Uh, Rusny Castillo had three hits. Xander Bogarts had three hits. David Ortiz had two RBI on a two-run homer. And Hanley Ramirez also had two RBI on a two-RBI double. So good game all around. The Sox got up early. Ramirez had his two-RBI double in the first. Ortiz had his two-run homer in the third. Castillo hit a fielder's choice RBI in the fourth, and it was already 5 nothing after after three and a half innings. Uh, Detroit tried to fight back on a J.D. Martinez home run, but that's all they'd get. Bogarts hit two more in in the sixth inning. A lot of good productive hits in that game uh, for Joe Kelly, who pitched five and a third, seven hits, two runs, seven Ks. He did pitch pretty well, but I'm not willing to give him as much credit as some people might because he did, he was given a 5 nothing lead in the first th- four innings. You, you should be able to keep that lead, shouldn't you? Exactly. Yep, I agree. So it's a little hard to a little hard to judge since they did get up early, but stats are stats, and he did he did pitch a good game and he did get a win, so we'll give him credit. The bullpen shut down the Tigers, didn't get up any runs, but the problem with this game was uh, Justin Masterson loaded the bases in the ninth inning with the Sox up seven to two, and he couldn't get out of it. 
left two outs there on the uh, on the field. So Koji came in for a save situation because the tie-in run was on deck at the time, which makes it a save situation. And Koji blew away Jose Iglesias on three pitches. And then Ian Kinsler hit one back at Koji. It hit his wrist, and he still made the out somehow, and the Red Sox won, unfortunately for the Red Sox. We just found out a couple hours ago that Koji Uihara is out for the season, unfortunately. So it came at a big cost to get that to get that out and get that win. So yeah, the, yeah. Ko- the Koji thing we'll talk about in a second because I have in my list of things I want to talk about. Okay, that's kind of unfortunate with the Koji thing just because he he was really the bright spot this year, and uh, I'll, I'll get into him more later. Okay, but. yeah, I was trying to see if you want to talk about it an hour later. We'll go with it later. But yeah, he left himself he leaves himself totally vulnerable in the way he pitches because when he throws. His arm's just kind of dangling out there, and his arm dangled, and the ball came back in his dangling arm. So, and it comes uh, back so quick too. Right. Like, nowhere to go. Yeah, I mean, it's what that's probably hit over 100 miles per hour, right it back at you. Oh, definitely. Oh, for sure. Probably yeah. like 150. Yeah. And if your arm's just dangling there, well, a lot of lack of protection on that. So, so that was a downer in that game. Fortunately, the Red Sox won the game. They probably were rather lost and kept Koji, but you can't predict these things. Uh, then we headed into Saturday, game two against Detroit, and this game was nuts. It was back and forth the entire time. Really fun game. I recapped it, and I was, I was glued to it the entire time, and it was really really a fun game, one of the more fun games this year, just the back and forth nature of it. Unfortunately, the Red Sox came up on the short end, uh, how it got to it. Uh, the Sox got a 2 nothing lead in the first three innings, Rajay Davis tied the game in the bottom of the fifth off Wade Miley. He pitched four clean innings. Uh, Ortiz got the lead right back in the top of the sixth, 3-2, to two, just for Detroit to take the lead back again in the bottom of the sixth. Uh, J.D. Martinez, RBI double, scored in a wild pitch, so Miley gave up the lead in a wild pitch. James McCann hit an RBI double. That made it 5-3. to three. So Miley wasn't sharp overall, as it turned out. You know, five runs on nine hits in six innings. But he pitched so well in the first four, it's unfortunate the wheels kind of came off there. So the tires were up 5-3, to three, but then the next half inning again, top of the seventh, uh, Rusne Castillo got Sox within a run and on an uh, infield single. And then David Ortiz, the man again, had a two-RBI single up the middle. Sox back up 6-5, to five, just for Victor Martinez to come up in the bottom half of the seventh and hit a two-run homer off Janice Dezala, gave Detroit a 7-6 to six lead. So the lead changed hands every half inning for four straight half innings. <laughs> Yeah, it, it it's crazy. It's a really yeah, fun was, game, but... Yeah, it was a wicked fun game to watch. Yeah. Unfortunately, Pizawa blew it again, which is the second straight game he'd blown. So, concerning on that. Thank God they didn't make him the new closer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's gassed. He's pitched way too much. He's pitched almost every game, if not every game, in the last, like, two weeks. Well, before, before last week. He didn't pitch between August 2nd and August 8th, but he blew both of them. But before August 2nd, he'd been pitching, like, every game. Yeah. And overall, I mean, over the last couple of years, he's pitched, like, the third most games in the majors. So, he needs a break, clearly. Blame John Farrell. Blame the bullpen, because you need more guys than Tazawa and Yuihara who are good, so they feel like they need to use them every game. That's the problem. True. So, you can blame both of them, but I think that's ultimately that's the problem. So, this is a tough loss game. They definitely could have and maybe should have won. And it was annoying, too, because in the ninth inning, they uh, they had a chance. Uh, Ortiz walked, so they had a guy on base, but Sandoval struck out to complete his over-five night. So that was that, and 
Uh, they kept their streak of winning every other game intact, which brought us into Sunday yesterday, where they continued that streak of winning every other game. That's how you have a three and three week is to win every other game. Uh, another <laughs> good game yesterday, uh, Jackie Bradley's day. Uh, Bradley had five RBI. He had a home run, a three RBI triple, and a Willie Mays cash in center field, and a bunch of other great caches. He had a game. This guy was on fire. Yeah, he. He had a phenomenal game, and that's what they expect out of him, but he hasn't been able to do that for whatever reason consistently. And if he could do that consistently, he never would have gone back down to Pataka. He never would have had to have any of that crap. He would have been your center fielder or right fielder this year, wherever they've decided to put him. So yeah, now the question, the question is now, is this what he's is this what he's capable of? Is this what he's going to do, or is it just a one-game thing? Lauren, take it. I was going to say, I don't know. I think... We'll have to wait and see. We can't judge it based on one game. I mean, you could have one good game and go back to being terrible, or you could finish the season really hot. But it was nice to see it, and it's what we want from him. It's what, we, what we're paying him for. We're not paying him to be in AAA and get hurt. you got to play him every day. I think Same thing with Castillo. You've got to play him every day. It looks like that's what's happening recently. Or the majority of every day, because you're not going to get Hanley out. No. But you've you got to play these guys majority of the days. Um, f- somehow. You know, it's funny, actually, uh, on that topic, I saw today Sean McAdam said on one of the shows that if he had his way, he would find a way to put Hanley Ramirez on the DL with some random injury and play, get rid of get rid of Diaz and find a way to play Bradley Castillo and Betts every single day. That's what you have to do, and I completely agree with that. That's the idea. That Those are the three that you're really challenging to see what they have moving forward. Because we all know Hanley Ramirez is not your left fielder going forward, so if those three work out, those that, that's it. That's your outfield. But now you have to find a way to get rid of him to have that happen. <laughs> you don't have to just put him on the deal, and then make him play first base next year. He's not going to want to play first base. I don't want him at first base. Okay. No, but yeah, okay, but that or left field, I'd rather him at first base. Uh. Um, I'm still on that train, by the way, putting him at first base. But, um... I, I like the idea. I think Diaz still can be gone by the end of the year, um, whether he claims waivers or not. I just don't think they want him here by the time the season closes. So then you only have to worry about Hanley, and Hanley's not 100%. We know that. So make something but up. I feel like, you, I feel like he's not going to agree with the made-up injury. <laughs> I feel like he's going to be like, no. He, he doesn't want to play. He dogs every five seconds. He doesn't want to play. But I feel like he, he does. Yeah, he does want to be yeah, but his track, but his track record shows he doesn't care. He's been on the DL so long for minor things between L.A. and, and down in Florida. The, the why isn't he it, on the DL it, It'll work already. out. <laughs> because they haven't come to him with it. Okay. So when Beth comes back, that's when it's going to happen. So I, would, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised, Jess. Very interesting last couple months here. It's going to happen. But, yeah, I mean, ultimately I'd like to see those three in the outfield, too, because I want to know if Bradley Jr. can play here because he's given us – Yesterday aside, that's great that he did that, but he's still hitting 148 in the season. Is is he really going to do this for the rest of the season? Yeah, unfortunately, I do think that they're kind of lost on Jackie Bradley Jr. I think he's just playing because he has to more than he, they want him to see what he has. I think I think they're done on him though. I really do. He's so good though. But on, he's not on though. Defense. <laughs> <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I paused there. Yeah, <laughs> you can probably get something decent for him if you try to trade him in the off season. Because of the defense. If he keeps this up, I'm sure he can. Somebody will want him. But true, it's the same thing with Mike Napoli, though. I mean, he had that hot streak, and we had to put him on waivers for him to get taken. That is true. With, the thing with Bradley, though, is if he has, his, I want this defense on on our team. He's going to save a lot of runs that way. If he, so we can figure out a hit. I want him here, not as a trade piece. But where's he going to play? That's the question. 
I don't know. <laughs> Rusnik Castillo wasn't taking up a spot. Yeah, I can read him. There. I, I never wanted. I would still rather. I would still rather Rusnik Castillo. More potential, more pop in his bat. Castillo. I would. I would stay with Castillo still. Bless me. I, I like know. the long I'm ball. Do me. Neither am I. But he has more ability to short. hit. Um, Bradley does. Yeah. Sox won seven two five the RBI over Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, the big mistake in that inning was uh, Josh Rutledge getting intentionally walked to get to Bradley, who hit a three on triple. What a dumb move, right? I mean, I would have probably walked Bradley, too. I don't know. I'm not sold. Yeah, I don't think any of us are at this point. But anyway, just continue. All right, so in the actual game, we talked talk about Bradley's game, but uh, Sox got up 2 nothing in the second inning. Bradley Jr. got an RBI on a Justin Verlander walk with the bases loaded, pretty rare, and then Brock Holt got it, reached on an infield single. That inning was ridiculous because no ball he went out of the infield, but Detroit's defense was just terrible, and Verlander was off his mark, and he threw like 35 pitches. It was definitely good news for every everybody. Um, Verlander's had a rough year, though. Uh, so Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> I blame Kate Upton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was, he was real bad. Um he was better in this game, but still not like 100% sharp. And he threw a lot of pitches for, for six innings. But anyway, um, Detroit got back a run in a Victor Martinez single. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. hit a home run in the seventh. Jeffrey Marte hit one in the bottom of the seventh to get back within a run. And then Bradley Jr. hit his three RBI triple and Holt added another single. That was that game. Uh, Henry Owens pitched again. We'll talk about him more in a bit. But another good outing. Five innings, three hits, one run. Four walks, which isn't good, but... He got out of the jams, so it pitched pretty well overall. And the Red Sox went 3-3 three and three in the week, took 2 out of 3 from the Tigers, took 4 out of 6 from the Tigers for the season series. I wish we could just play the Tigers every game. Because <laughs> it's the only team they can beat. I know. It's ridiculous. Like There's probably not a whole lot of teams that the Sox are actually over 500 against, and Detroit's one of them. Uh, MVP for the week, David Ortiz, no question about it. He's literally on fire right now. He's, he's raised his batting average over 20 points in the last three weeks. Uh, this week, he had three home runs, uh, six RBI, he had seven hits, and um, five runs, So and a double. So he had a really nice week. Ortiz was on fire and definitely spurred a lot of these wins with his bat. All right. Well, there is Jess's weekly recap, as always. Jess, phenomenal job. I would lose track of everything. The one week I had to do it, it was a mess. It was a hot mess. I literally was a hot mess sitting here in front of my computer trying to do it. Um, so thank you for that, of course. Uh, this week's Red Sox recap is brought to you by uh, Tick IQ. Tired of spending a fortune on tickets and feeling like you got ripped off? Well, have you co- we have you covered here at TickIQ.com. For all your ticketing needs, Tick IQ, T-I-Q-I-Q, is the leading ticket aggregator providing fans a one-stop shop to browse the best deals from all the ticket sites so you don't have to worry about finding the best seats for the game or concert you want to go to. Get your tickets for the Patriots all season long. TickIQ.com, where you will find the best prices in the market. Use promo code CLNS for 5% off IQ certified or TNT tickets listings at TickIQ.com. That's T-I-Q-I-Q.com. Okay, let's do... Let's actually talk about Dave Ortiz because you kind of just talk, you kind of gave him your MVP and he had a good week. Brings up my big question. Well, first of all, let me set it up. He's on pace to hit his 500th home run this season. If he keeps going the way he's going, he'll get it by the end of the year. 
Um, he's been tearing it up, like you said, Jess. He's had a phenomenal last couple of weeks, if not the whole month. And he's finally figuring out how to hit lefties. He's getting back to what we're used to. He's 40 years old, practically. And no, the real question is... he is 40 is, years old. No, is he no, actually no, 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 he's not. No, November, he's not. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So basically 40. I'll go with 40. I'll be, he's basically 40. He's 39 years old. He's hitting the lights out of the ball. He questions A-Rod for not being clean at his age, and I don't know how he does it. David Ortiz apparently is gluten-free, according to a report I saw today. So we know how that's working for Mark Teixeira. Is this guy clean? Is David Ortiz clean? I know we're Red Sox podcast. I get that. But I'm still questioning it. Because it's something that you can bring up when he's hitting this well and he's figuring his game out. Is it the gluten-free thing? Do you believe that? Or is he not clean? What's going on with Big Poppy? I want to believe he's clean, but he's just... Like you said, he's hitting the ball so well and he's just making constant contact where it's like... Of course, it's going to be in question because of in the years past and the whole A-Rod thing and them being the same age, too. But I want to believe so bad he is because I want to see him get to 500, and I don't want people being like, oh, he he needed steroids to do it like we do with A-Rod. So, I don't know. I, w- I want to say yes, but I don't believe myself. <laughs> you should believe yourself. I think that I think he's clean. I don't think that he would have the conscience to say the stuff that he says about steroid users if he was doing it himself. I just don't think he, all the stuff you hear about him, he's the greatest guy. He's the nicest fellow. Everyone loves him. He makes everyone feel welcome. He makes everyone feel happy. He's a great guy. Why would he talk about all these guys and do it himself? How could he live with himself? I just don't think it's possible. I really don't. Is the gluten-free coming out now? Because it's obviously coming out kind of late. Do you believe he just changed his diet? Could, could, not saying if it is or not, but could it be a cover to give him an excuse for hitting this well so people kind of back off the steroid talk a little bit, even if whether it's true or not? I mean, maybe. I know that being gluten-free makes you feel like really healthy and really energized, so. Yeah, my mom is uh, gluten-free, just for health, not even for, like, a disease reason, but just because it makes her feel better, so. If it... Well, gluten sucks. It's not good for your body. Right. Like, oh, it's really not good for you. Look at Mark Teixeira. He's been gluten-free all year, and look what he's doing. He's tearing it up, So. Yeah. It, it, it is possible, right? David Ortiz sees that. People might be questioning. He's getting close to 500. Doesn't want that to loom over his 500 home run talk. You know that's all David Ortiz cares about now. Is his 500th home run. That's all he cares about. It's a huge deal. So is it, it could possibly be. I think it could possibly be an excuse. Of course it could. To get people off the steroid talk when he gets clo- once, as he gets closer and closer to another milestone in his great career. Yeah, I think that's possible. Um, but, I mean, I think the real, I mean, the real reason he's hitting this well still is because he obviously takes good care of himself. You hear about how much he, he's in the weight room and doing all of his activities and everything. So I think that he's just still in really good shape. Not playing the field obviously helps out. So I think it makes sense. I don't think you have to cry steroids on him just because he's doing so well at, a, at an old age. But I, because I think it's because he doesn't play the field and he, and he still works hard. And another, Neither do I. Sorry, Kevin. Another thing is that he had a really slow start to the season. So I think if you know, if I'm trying to be convinced that he is on steroids, I think he'd be doing well all season, and he probably would have already hit 500. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he is. For, for the record, I really don't. Um, especially because if I don't if I don't think A Rod is, then I really can't think David Ortiz is. <laughs> that's just a huge conflict um, of opinion. Kick you off the but, show if that's the case. <laughs> yeah, I, I really shouldn't be hosting the show if I go flip flop like that. But. I, I just think that I do believe he's clean. I do. I really do. Um, I think the gluten-free really is the actual thing. Um, we've, again, we've seen what it's done for Teixeira all year. He's had a phenomenal year this year, and he's not young either, guys. So 
I think the gluten-free is a good excuse, but it's not just an excuse. I think he's finally figuring it out. And David Ortiz, um, his option just picked up for next year with the plate appearance yesterday. So he's back next year, if not the next two years. I don't remember what it was. The next two years, just 2016. I think it's guaranteed 2016. Just 2016. Okay, so, okay, so it's a guaranteed he's back next year. So he knows he has to stay healthy again for another year, and he sees what it's doing for Teixeira. If he starts now and does it all through next year, through off season, he could have another monster year the entire year next year. And I'm sure he doesn't want to retire. I mean, he loves baseball. He's still good, and I'm sure he still wants to make a difference. So, whatever. And look at his job. He, sh- he shows up and hits like three or four times a night. Right. Pretty sweet job. Like he could, like, if, especially if the gluten free thing works, you could do that for four more years if you're him. Yeah. No kidding. So. And, and I know he doesn't want to leave the Red Sox, and he's probably not going to ever leave the Red Sox because he has no trade clause. He so. already said he's not going to. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, so basically, it's here or nothing, and he's going to be here as long as he wants to be, and if it also gives another more reason to trade Hanley if he stays as healthy and does this, because then you don't need Hanley. But be hilarious um, if Hanley was gone before Ortiz was. <laughs> that would be great. I would, you know, I would love that. There's a better chance of that happening than you think, because he, oh, yeah. he got put on waivers. I know he cleared them, but it could happen still. So either way. That's something I want to hit on just because it's being popped up. I've seen it happen on Twitter, obviously mostly from non-Red Sox fans. Mostly Yankees fans, let's be honest, on Twitter have been suggesting that David Ortiz is on steroids to me. But, again, that's Yankees fans, and I'm suggesting that A-Rod's kind of not on steroids, but they're still going to come after me for it because they don't like David Ortiz. Um, but that being said, I'm gonna, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to have a quick commercial for you guys, and then we're going to come back. Cruise back to the 80s on the first ever 80s cruise. That's right, seven days in the most radical party to ever hit the high seas with a totally awesome lineup of artists that define the sound of the decade. Join Huey Lewis in the News, Richard Marks, Starship, Cool and the Gang, A Flock of Seagulls, Modern English, Naked Eyes, Tiffany, Wang Chung, and Jessie's Girl, the ultimate 80s party band, and the original MTV VJs, Nina Blackwood, Mark Goodman, and Alan Hunter. As we cruise to exotic ports of core like Grand Turk, San Juan, St. Thomas, and the private island of Half Moon Key, we're going all out by building an 80s video game arcade with Donkey Kong, Mario Brothers, and of course Pac-Man, showing movies like Ferris Bueller and Pretty in Pink, and there'll even be a VJ contest. Don't forget to pack your best 80s looks because we're having a prom night, a movie costume party, pajama party, and neon beach party. You can't miss this. Sailing from February 28th through March 6, 2016 for the most gnarly vacation ever. For more information, log on to the80scruise.com or call 844-384-8080. And we're back here on Red Sox Beat on CLNS Radio. Lauren Campbell, Jess Thomas, Jared Scali here for another about 25 minutes or so, bringing you some Red Sox coverage. Before we get into more, I want to talk about Henry Owens later. I want to talk about Masterson not being on his team anymore later, and we can do a little more on Koji. But first, let's do our fantasy uh, segment here. We've, every week we give you some ads suggesting who to add on your fantasy team, especially now getting crunch time. It's August, getting close to the playoffs for a lot of you guys, um, if your team's good enough um, to make the playoffs, plus your daily fantasy users of DraftKings and such. So we'll give you some ads. Um, I'm going to start this week because I never, I never start. So I'm going to be selfish and start this week. Um, my first ad for you guys to go check out is David Murphy, third baseman Mets. You all know who he is, Mr. America from God knows when now at this point. But um, he hasn't played a game since April 12th. I know that. Um, he's having issues. He, but he's reportedly going to be reinstated to the big league club next Monday. That is August 17th. Um, as long as there's no more setbacks. He got a double-A rehab stint. Um, 
I think, oh, maybe it's coming up tomorrow as of Tuesday the 11th, and he's been hitting. He hasn't even feel any soreness throwing, and apparently he's going to be reinstated. And if he gets back to what he was, he was hitting well over 300 before he got hurt. In April. I know it was April, but he was hitting well over 300. He had a hot start to the season. He hasn't played since, but he's coming back to a really good Mets team. If he comes back and performs, the Mets are going to get a lot better, obviously, but your fantasy team can get that much better, too. So a lot of people probably stopped and dropped him. I did. I was stupid, and now I can't get him because someone smartened up and took him. I would go get him while he's a week away before people realize he's coming back. Wait, David Murphy? He's on the Mets? I don't think so. Did I, did I not get the right name right? Daniel probably. Murphy's on the Mets. David Murphy's on the Angels. Probably. And they're both playing, and they're both not hurt, so I'm confused. Not David. I meant David Wright. Excuse me. I don't know why I put Murphy. Oh, you know why? Oh. Because I had him... I meant David Wright. Excuse okay, me. Okay, that makes a lot That's more sense. That's where the confusion is. I'm, I was going with it right because I had him on from last week. Yeah. No, David Wright. Excuse me. David Wright. Okay, good. I'm glad I asked. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would have went along with that so willingly. Yeah, I was just like, wait a minute. What? <laughs> David Wright. Okay. Yeah, David. David Wright. Good one. Now now I like it. Now that I know who it is. <laughs> right. Yeah, David Wright. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't catch that. It was on the sheet. I put it on there a while ago. Yeah, I know. I kind of, yeah, I don't know. I mean, at least you got a player. I mean, at least you got somebody who actually plays baseball. It's not like some random name just thrown in there. (laughs) (laughs) True. Well, yeah, I got confused because Daniel Murphy is on the Mets. Yeah, no, I meant David. I meant David Wright. That's, like, close to his name, yeah, so. All right, anyway, keep going. Whoever whoever wants to go, go. All right, I'll go next. Um, I'm kind of plugging our fantasy segment here by picking the two two guys that I I picked for it. Um. So go on to CLNS Radio and check out our fancy segment. Just came out with a new one yesterday, August 9th, so please make sure to check that out. Me, Lauren, Adam, Blue, Lars, you have to be. We all give two ads, two drops, so we got a lot of, a lot of guys to add and drop, eight each. Uh, so make sure you go check that out. I'll give you my ads for it, but you have to go on the article to check out the drops. Uh, my first one is Ben Paulson, who is a outfielder and a first baseman for the Colorado Rockies. And this guy's been on fire. He's, he's a second-year player, but he didn't have enough plate appearances last year. So he's technically a rookie. Hasn't played the full year, but uh, he's hitting 295 with eight homers, 35 RBI total. More impressively, he's hitting 316 with 16 RBI in the last 30 days. So this guy, he's really been on fire, and he's still only owning 30% of the league. So people don't know about him yet, but he's really cranking for the Rockies. So get him while he's still hot. I like it. Yeah, I like that one, too. Um, my first one, I'm going with Dominic Brown, the outfielder for Philadelphia. And his previous eight games, he's been really, really hot. He has four home runs, 11 RBI. He has five runs scored and a stolen base. His average is at 300 through those games. Um, he's basically could be a term we've been using for the past few weeks, lightning in a bottle kind of player. Um, he's really good for offense and power. And he was a projected really high prospect. And he's still young, so he may be able to keep up with this, but most likely not. But he's going to be a solid contributor. He's such a streaky yeah. player. You can get some good value there in Philly, though. I think a lot of people are forgetting about the Philadelphia Philly players because they are terrible. They've been better recently, though. That's the thing. But they've been better recently, but they're, they're, their hitters are actually hitting right now. So I think, like last, year, last week, Jess, you gave Ryan Howard as an ad. And I think a lot of that probably, probably threw a lot of people off. It threw me off. I would, that's a good ad. Same with Dominic Brown, because the Philadelphia Phillies aren't really mainstream on TV right now, so if you're, people are forgetting about their players. Right. Totally. <laughs> All right, my second ad 
is a guy we just talked about in Justice Recap a little bit, Henry Owens. You love doing Red this, stuff. don't you? Um, I think it's good, though. I, I really think he's a good value because, um, yeah, he, he hasn't gotten through the fifth inning. Like, he hasn't completed. He got past the fifth inning, but he couldn't get out of the sixth. But I think that only increases. His last start, he only gave up a run, a one-earned run. Um, his Ks aren't great, but it's only a second start. I think he's a great value piece. He's going to stay up here, I think. I don't think he's going anywhere. And if you need some depth in your pitching going towards the playoffs or trying to push for the playoffs, I think Henry Owens is a great add of the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, hopefully he stays up here while while other guys come back, like Porcello and possibly Buckles and whatnot. But hopefully they keep obviously him here. obviously monitor Henry Owens if, if, and the Red Sox and what they're doing. Make sure he's if not he's the up minors, here. Yeah. If, if he is up here, I would keep him. Right. Good one. Uh, my second one is a dreaded Yankees player, uh, Nathan Eovaldi. This guy's had an incredible year, and I can't believe it. But looking last night, he's only he's only uh, owned in like thirty two percent of leagues. He's eleven and two. ZRA is four fifteen, but lately it's lower. It's it's just above three uh, in the last thirty days, and he's just he's been a really good pitcher. Uh, less than three runs given up in I think it's nine straight starts since June sixteenth. He hasn't lost a game since then. So the fact that he's only owning 30% of the leagues is mind-boggling to me. The fact that he's 11-2, and two, he's one of the better pitchers in the league, and he's mostly sitting on, on the free agent list. So people have got to get him right now. Yeah, that's a very good pickup. And, like, I'm very surprised he's owned in 30% of leagues. Um, yeah, that, that's really shocking. I know. I'm really I couldn't believe it. I was it. like, what? <laughs> um, my final pick is Oakland's. Utility player, I guess you'd call him, Marcus Semien. Um, because he's available for so many multiple positions in the infield, he's got so much more value than other infielders that are available at this point in your fantasy season. And even though he's not having the best season, um, his last seven games he's had six RBI, two home runs, and his average is three thirty-three. So gives you a little more depth than other positions, so I'd grab him. I love players like that who you can play at three different, three or four different positions. Him, it's three, and you can just plug and play like Brock Holt. Put him anywhere you want. Just basically a plug and play player on fantasy, just as much as he is in real life. And same with Marcus Simeon. It's great, and I would go get him in Harpy just because of it's better to have someone in there better than rather than nobody. Absolutely. Some power is better right. than no power. Exactly. So there you go. There, there are our ads for the week. I had David Wright. That is David Wright of the Mets, and Henry Owens of the Red Sox. Uh, Jess had Ben Paulson and Nathan Eovaldi, and Lauren had Marcus Semien and Dominic Brown. Can't forget about those Phillies. Never forget about those Phillies, despite how bad they are. Um, of course, this week's fantasy segment, is always, like always, is brought to you by DraftKings. The moment you've been waiting for is almost here. Football is just around the corner, and you could start the season by winning $2 million in week one at DraftKings.com, America's favorite one-week fantasy football site. One-week fantasy means no season-long commitments. It's like a brand-new season every time you play. Just pick your players, pile up the points, and pick up your cash. That's it. Why wait until the end of the season to get paid when you can win huge prizes every week? You can get started by playing right now. Prepare for the regular season with preseason contests running through August. You've already been scouting players for your season-long fantasy team. I know I have. Put that knowledge to the test every week this football season at DraftKings.com, where you could turn your love of football into a lifetime of cash. Hurry to DraftKings.com now and use promo code New England to play for free for a shot at $2 million. Not just one, $2 million in the Week 1 Millionaire Maker. Enter New England for free entry now at DraftKings.com. 
Again, that is DraftKings.com. And again, fantasy football, we all play. I'm in three leagues coming up this year, people. Um, one with our CLNS family here on the, over the interwebs. So um, I'm excited in this back, and I love football. I'm really excited for that. Um, so definitely go out and start playing DraftKings early and often. And of course, winning $2 million is never a problem in most people's eyes. So um, go out and free a chance to do that as well. Um, I know you're excited for football, Lauren. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm in three leagues. <laughs> I'm in three leagues, too, so uh, I'm ready. Yeah. I'd be more I'm excited commitment. if Roger Goodell wasn't alive. I mean, not alive. But not not, not <laughs> wow. alive. And we move on. Not alive in the football world is what I meant. <laughs> uh, football fans, Brady's appeal is Wednesday. Appeal, appeal hearing in court. 11 a.m. Uh, oh, is that what it is? Okay. See if they figure it out. Probably won't happen. But anyway, uh, let's, let's, let's go on and talk a little more Red Sox here before we get out of here. I want to talk about Henry Owens' starts because he made his major league debut after last week's show. He got his first major league win after last week's show, and we haven't been able to talk about it. He was good. Um, I think a lot of people had high expectations for him. It's it kind of dwindled. But both getting into the fifth inning, get, I think, did he get in the sixth inning in his first start too? Yeah, he mm. went over five in both of them, I believe. He went over, Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, he went over five in both. Um, the first start, he gave up three runs, um, iffy, but he's fine. The control was a little bit of a problem, but expected first start, Yankee Stadium, and the team didn't help much. Um, second start, Tigers. I know they're a bad team, but only gave up a run. Um, his command looked a little better. Uh, probably probably should have given up more runs because of the walks, just because the command still wasn't great, despite it being better, if that makes sense at all. Um, but still, two good starts. Gets his first major league wins. So that's out of the way. Um, and it seems like this kid's going to be up here. I, guys, I, I think he had a good, successful two first starts in the big leagues. I think so, too. I liked what I saw, and um, it was nice to see that, I mean, it's a shame that sometimes the bullpen can't always do their job. but Can't. Never. <laughs> never. Never, ever do their job. But I liked Never, it. ever, ever, ever. Never, ever, ever. This goes on and on. But it was it was encouraging to see him come up and not look – extremely nervous and not look at, like it was getting the best of him and he's got two starts behind him he can breathe and get ready for his third yeah I, I thought he looked pretty solid I just looked up his numbers to make sure he did get into the sixth inning both times didn't record an out in either sixth inning and the Yankees game he gave up a single and a double and then came out and in the Tigers game he gave up a double and came out so he's running trouble in the sixth inning of both games but five solid innings in, in both of them uh, at the time at the time in both games, he'd only given up a run in each of them. So quite impressive. He's got a nice delivery. He's got a nice fluid motion. Obviously, a tall lefty is always a good thing. You know, John Lester kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, it helped that it, Jackie Bradley Jr. was in, uh, in the field <laughs> for us. That was a nice catch. That's true. I love that. That was a great catch. Nice basket catch. Yeah, Henry Owens actually said that, like, he knew he was going to get that ball, and it was it was nice knowing that he was out there to make those catches. So. That definitely and it helps. makes him help because he's he's playing with teammates he's played with in Pawtucket because the young guys are playing, so it makes him feel a little more comfortable, which I think that's a big thing. You trust the people who are behind you because they've helped you coming up through the minors. So that's also another thing. Um, Jez, you told me earlier, uh, way off air this morning, that you he reminded you a little bit wind-up-wise of Scott Casimir. Yep. Yeah, I totally think he does. He's, they have a similar uh, kind of fluid leg kick. Like you said, Casimir is a little... A little uh, Quicker delivery always takes a little bit longer, but it's a very similar leg kick. They throw they throw from a similar arm angle, and they're obviously both lefties. So it just reminded me of his delivery. And I think Henry Owens can be successful with that. And I love his his, his delivery because it's slower, it's smoother. 
So it might be eventually, obviously he's young, when he gets older and like to where Casimir is now, he might have a lot less control problems than Casimir might have because he's slower and he kind of smooths it out, which I feel like is a big help when you're pitching. Yeah, he's he's definitely got a bright future if he can if he can keep his control under. I mean, he had four walks in the second game, so I, he definitely needs to work on that. But like you were saying, hopefully he will do that. And you know, he's he's still young, so I think these next two months are going to be if he can stay in the rotation, definitely a good good chance to see what he's made of. Exactly. All right, now I want to talk about Masterson too. Obviously, Justin Masterson DFA'd, no longer with the team. Um, corresponding move is going to be made probably Tuesday before the game against Miami down in Miami. So we'll see. Uh, it, we'll get you up there on the CLNS radio written coverage. Check out us, Twitter, Red Sox beat, all that stuff. We'll, it'll be up there once it happens. But um, we don't really want to talk. I don't really want to talk about what we think is going to be the move because who knows, whatever they're planning on doing. But just was this a complete bust, the Masterson experiment? Yep. <laughs> almost yeah, pretty 10, much. Almost $10 million they spent on him, and they got rid of him just as quickly as they got him. And, and you know what's crazy, too? It looked like it could possibly be a steal when they got him. We're like, oh, that could be a good deal if he pans out, he comes back and does what he did. he gets healthy and does what he did in Cleveland. That ten million dollars would have been a steal. Yeah, Mike. I think they took too much of a chance. He had his just twenty fourteen. He was all injury. Yeah. Well, yeah, the money was definitely ridiculous, and he obviously wasn't good as a starter. But do you think they gave him enough chance in the bullpen? Yes, he you, he yes he was terrible. He wasn't that he bad couldn't. in the bullpen though. I don't okay, feel like. I, I, I think that they knew from the beginning they didn't want to pay him this money, and they realized what he was, and they don't want him in the bullpen, and he's not good enough to be a starter. I think this leads to possibly Joe Kelly seeing bullpen time eventually. I think they, this is more them trying to make room for, say, Brian Johnson to come back up once he's off the minor league DL and all this stuff. So I think, I think it was more of making room for young kids on top of him being terrible more than just him being terrible. So in terms of the bullpen thing, are you kind of thinking like, they they're not good as starters like Masterson and Kelly both not good as starters. Then you move in the bullpen see if they can be remotely effective. And if they're not, if they're like if there's any sign of them being bad at all, then then that's that's their invitation to kick them out the door basically. Pretty pretty much, it's what they're kind of seeming like they're doing. Well, I'm, I'm right. curious to wonder if this was like a long time coming because on ESPN I'm reading he said I don't really figure into their future. Guys need to get innings. What's the point of leaving me out there? Really? So that means it's running that it was running on the wall. Oh, I didn't see that. I haven't looked at that article either. Huh. When was that posted, uh, Lauren? That was posted, let me see, a day ago. Uh, yeah, I haven't been up to date last weekend. Yeah, so. so I thought that was a really interesting quote to say. And I mean, I know the decision was made right after the game, because that news came out as soon as the game ended. Yeah, right. Yeah, he after. pitched that game. He pitched that night, and then he was like, oh, you're gone. He, I, okay, bye. It says, uh, Farrell informed Masterson of the roster move after the game. So it's probably just after he came out, he's like, pack your bags. Yeah, Ben calls him. All right, you might want to tell him after he gets off the mound, he's not, he's never going to pitch for you again. Yeah, send him home. And you know what his last? How awkward is how awkward is that? Pretty awkward. You know what his last? You know what his down, last? Down uh, his last uh, batter was Jeffrey Marte, right? Yeah, Marte? a home run. Yeah, home run. Yeah, his last so batter fitting. was a home run. <laughs> so fitting. Does he get another shot somewhere this year? I know he will eventually, but this year probably. I think someone will grab him. I mean, he's not a terrible pitcher but he's just he's not a starter by any means and i don't know why they even tried to make him one he's just not effective anymore no no but maybe a change of scenery somebody who's willing to give him a chance likes his ball movement you know something like that they might they might try him either way he's not here anymore thank heavens um 
And finally, before we get to the, because um, I do want to get to our preview of the week ahead before we get out of here. Um, Koji, the DL, is the big news of the day, obviously, in Red Sox country. And we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. But Koji is DL for the season. Um, the big question is now is what do you do with the closer spot? They already said that they really don't want Tazawa closing. They'd rather keep him in the eighth inning role because if they, he's staying here long term, that's his role. Um, I think John Farrell came out and said that the immediate thing is probably going to be Gene Machi, who they just acquired from the uh, who formerly was the Giants. So, and he hasn't looked bad. I like his stuff. He can throw the ball hard. He might as well close with that fastball. He throws it like 96, 97. Um, I'm okay with that for now. Do they go out and get someone else? Like, what, what are they going for closer? Obviously, Koji said Koji expects to be back next year healthy. Uh, I think they're just shutting him down because there's no need to worry about it. Um, so what do you do for the rest of the year? I mean, they're not going anywhere, so... That's my point. Like, you don't need to make an effort to go get a top closer. Now, it would have been great if they had gotten a closer at the deadline, a.k.a. Craig Kimbrell, <laughs> but they didn't. So, do you go with – I would just go with Machi. I like the decision. He throws He throws hard. He's, his command's been decent. He's got a good two-seam fastball that moves. Just let him pitch. He's got a good splitter, too. He he struck out the first batter in yesterday's game with a nasty splitter. It really sunk down. Yeah. It kind of looks like Koji's splitter, actually. So basically, if he when he's on his game, it's a harder pitching version of Koji. Right. So just let him let him do it. You might as well find a role for him there if he's going to pitch anyway. Yeah, he was a really successful pitcher a couple of years ago, and then he kind of fell off the map a little bit. So might as well. See. He could be a steal. Yeah, he could be a steal. Yeah, might he as really well could. see if he can regain what he had. And and we've had a small sample size so far, and he has looked good. So I don't I don't see any reason not to see what he can give you. Might as well. And Koji's also 40 years old, so he's not going to be around forever. you got to find the future, and it could be Mashi. You never know. could be Joe Kelly, too. He closed, didn't, didn't he close before, Jess? I believe he did, yeah. So, I mean, for hey. For a short period of time. He is 33, and, though, but that's younger than Koji. Okay, but yeah, Koji's, what, 40? Yeah. So, like, yeah. that could be seven years if you keep him that long. Um, I do. What I see from him is what I kind of saw from Ruby De La Rosa, a hard-throwing guy. Um, I don't think Ruby had a splitter, but, like, that type of pitcher, only older. So, like, I wanted Ruby De La Rosa to be the closer here forever, and he just got traded and shipped, and they never even tried it because that guy could throw, and he still can throw really hard. He just fails at starting. Um, I like him as a closer. I think Gene Machi could be a seven-inning guy, and then you could go seven, eight, nine with Machi, Tazawa, Koji next year, and that could be seven, eight, nine figured out or flip Machi and Tazawa and have Tazawa go seventh inning. I don't care. But if Machi pans out and you like him, then, hey, that's seven, eight, nine figured out for next year already. Yeah, I was a little bit wrong. He, he, he had two saves last year, so I'm not sure if he was filling in for someone or if, or if they tried it briefly and then moved away from it. But that year, last year, he was for the Giants, he was 7-1 and one with a 2.58 DRA, and he pitched, seven, he pitched 71 games. Like, large sample size, pitched a lot of games, got a lot of wins, had a good ERA. Like, he's, he's not bad. Uh, also, slightly... Last minute, second decision here, but you could also go add him fantasy. Gene Machi, he'd be probably he'd be a great ad. I think he's pitching well. Just throw that out there, you know. <laughs> good, uh, good daily fantasy uh, probably value too. But um, either way, let's move on. I do like that though. I really think he should be the closer. But um, before we get out of here for another glorious week ahead of us in Red Sox baseball, let's preview that week of baseball. Um, they got two against the Marlins. What if you want to call that a series? I hate when they do that. And then three at home versus the Seattle Mariners. And the Marlins is in Miami, as we kind of brought up briefly. Um, so I'm going to start. I'll say they're going to sweep the Marlins. I don't think this is going to be anything different from what you two are going to say. But the Marlins are god-awful. Um, they're only playing them two games. 
and I think there needs to be a, it's, even though the Red Sox are bad, I think they need a miracle to lose these games because I just think the Marlins are that bad. That's about where I'm at. I think they're gonna <laughs> you know, sweep the Marlins, a sweep if that's what you want to call it. But um, yeah, they're just they're horrible. They're, I mean, the Red Sox aren't that great, but I mean, it could always be worse. We could be the Marlins. So. And now you won't see Jose. Yeah. Right, so like, <laughs> here's the way I see it with this series: the Red Sox already, the Red Sox swept the Marlins last time, right? Yeah. Yep. Pretty sure. Yeah, they yep. did. So they already swept the Marlins before when the Marlins were better and the Red Sox were worse than they are. The Red Sox are better than they were. The Marlins are way worse than they were. The Marlins are the worst team in the league at this point. At this point, they just they just surpassed the Phillies as the worst team in the league. So considering the Red Sox already swept them when the kind of situations were flipped, it's kind of like it, it would be hard to lose at this point to them. They're really bad. And who's pitching for the Red Sox? It's Rodriguez and who? And right. Right? <laughs> and right. So, I mean, it could be a lot worse, Red Sox fans. So expect two wins it's in, from all of us here on Red Sox beat. Um, all right, next, we're going to leave that one in the dust. Um, three against Seattle. Uh, Jess, do you have them winning two out of three? Yeah, I think that I wanted to say sweep. I really wanted to. But I feel like if they do sweep the Marlins, I think two out of three is reasonable. They might have one one stinker of start. Uh, or maybe the bullpen will blow something. It's hard to pick a 5-0 in a week, even though I really wanted to. So I'm thinking 2 out of 3 against a pretty subpar Mariners team. Yeah, me too. Uh, I got them going 4-1 and one this week, and I, just, I don't think they have it in them to take both the series by way of the sweep. But That'd be great, three, though. I know, but I'll take a 4-1 <laughs> and one week over a 1-4. Oh, yeah. You never, you never, <laughs> never know. Don't we all? Never know how it's Wouldn't we go. all? Um, I was ballsy and said they'd sweep the Mariners and have a 5-0 and week because, one, I don't know why. That's not me. But okay, who are you? I, and you guys chose the same thing, so that was for fun of it. Um, and I, re- I just think they're playing well. Like, I think they're figuring it out. Their, their offense was good. I know it was the Tigers. I, know, I get it. But, like, they hit well. Um, and they, the Mariners aren't doing that great. And this is at home. It's not like they're going to Safeco. They, they, they're at home. And they I, – I, I just – I think they're going to sweep, and I never do that. I just think they're, they're going to go 5-0, and and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I feel pretty good okay. about that. And I know you, Jess, you said you were pretty close to going 5-0, and too. I almost went 2 out of 3, but I'm, I'm, my gut says 5-0 and week, so I'm going 5-0 and week. No, they are playing better. They've looked a lot better. I don't, I mean, yeah, you say like it was the Tigers. The Tigers were only a couple of games under 500. It's not like they're a bad team. They've beaten no. plenty of teams. They just can't seem to beat the Red Sox. <laughs> no. Yeah. And I do think so, these random off days this week, like today and um, Wednesday, or Thursday. Thursday, yeah. Yeah, it's just, I think that'll help them, too. Definitely. Do we see a, a game this week without Hanley and Panda in it again? Like, both of them sitting? Mm, Maybe Tuesday. I'm going to go no. I don't, I don't think so. I don't either. think so. It's kind of an oddity. I, don't think, I was surprised it happened in the first place. Um, but, yeah, no, I don't think it's going to happen. But, um, yeah, so there it is. Uh, Jess and Lauren have the exact same scenario. Red Sox going four and one. I have them sweeping both series, going five and zero. Oh. We all have them sweeping the Marlins because the Marlins are just terrible. Um, probably, I probably lose them both. They probably will. They probably go like oh, they'll probably go on five this week somehow. Um, no, no. Just because it's the one week where we're kind of being optimistic. But either way, um, again, another another show in the books. This episode of Red Sox Beat has been brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. Get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com backslash Celtics and enter promo code Celtics. Don't forget, you can check us out at Red Sox Beat on Twitter, 
Uh, Facebook, we're on. Tumblr, we're there. Google Plus, we're there. Um, we're everywhere. Obviously, on Facebook, you can just hit us up there as well. And individually, we're all on Twitter, too, so you can check it out. I'm at jscout.com. Uh, underscore C on S. Jayskelly, T underscore C on S. I don't give my Twitter handle out that much, uh, so I always forget it. Um, Lauren's la 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 something. Uh, yep, la 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 Lauren, four R's. Okay, and Jess, C on S, just saying, right? C on S underscore Jess saying, yep. I think mine's the easiest, actually. <laughs> yeah, very much is. Um, so there you go. You can get us out on Twitter as well. Um, and obviously, check out, look out for reached questions from Jess this week. Look out for recaps of the games written coverage we'll keep you up to date on the uh filling of masterson's spot of course on the roster when that happens and all those good news will fill you up there uh don't forget check out the fantasy segment on the written column as well because jess brought it up but i think i'll tell you again um and i think that's all i got jess anything coming up that we should know about before we get out of here no, i think that's it I, we should have a reach question tonight when the show gets put up and we also are going to have um should have an article on koji and if there is a corresponding move to be made. There you go. So look out for that. And uh, we'll be back next week. We may or may not have a guest. It's a surprise. We'll let you know if it happens or not. So uh, until next week, for Jess Thomas, Lauren Campbell, I am Jared Scali. Enjoy the baseball. See ya.